0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going tonight? Going pretty well, Graham. Trying to work my way through this whole uh, daylight savings. Yeah, it's really fucked up my schedule. I feel really tired all the time. It's too bright, too early, it's too dark, too late. In the morning? Too bright too early. And it's too that's, bright that's too late. That's correct. Sorry, it's too bright too right. late in the day, and it's too dark too early in the morning. Do you know the origin of Daylight Savings I Time? I don't. I know it's something really fucking stupid. Well, people always say it's for the farmers. It's not. I, it, know it's I know that's that's enough. Um, uh, I don't know what the exact cause is, but whatever it is, it's So it, it was actually originated by uh, Nazi Germany. Ah, <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah. Um, and so the world just adapted it? Yeah, that's that's what started it. They started to like save energy uh, after World War One, as the Nazis were rising, mm-hmm. and back then it made sense to save energy because, well, we I mean we use energy a little differently right now. So like, just because it's darker, earlier later now, people are still like on their iPads in bed until like twelve thirty at night. So right. it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, man. Besides the old uh, daylight savings time. Going pretty well. What's happening with you? A whole lot. Uh, just tons of big Atlanta sports news that has, has certainly uh, got me pretty excited today. Yeah, so just to let you guys know what's coming up on the show today, we're going to be doing a deep dive into NFL free agency, both with the Falcons and with some of our rivals around the league, shifting to Brave Spring training as we get closer and closer to the start of the regular season. And then we'll also be talking about Atlanta United. As some of you might know, we uh, went to the game last week, so we'll be recapping that whole experience. All right, so starting off with the Falcons here. Falcons finally made a move. We were getting a little nervous last week, seeing all the big names jump off the board and us just standing pat. So today we, we got our guard, Graham. Brandon Fusco. Fusco. Is it Fusco or Fusco. Ooh, how are you gonna pronounce that? Has anyone come out with a phonetic? Uh, F U S C O. F-U-S-C-O. Fusco. I like Fusco more than Fusco. Fusco yeah. sounds like some perverted toy company or something like that. <laughs> it's got to be Fusco. Yeah. So a three-year deal. Um, have the, have only, the terms come I, out? I saw twelve million that? dollars overall. Yep. Okay. That's a lot cheaper than I thought we'd get for a guard. Uh, he started 16 games last year with the 49ers. So, coming from the Kyle Shanahan scheme, which is uh, a good thing for us because we have a similar blocking scheme. Yeah, and we, we run pretty much an inferior version of his offense, so he should fit right in. Maybe he'll help help us out and yeah, help maybe. improve it. Um, here's a stat you'll like, Graham. Hmm. So, he's ranked as the number 21 guard by Pro Football Focus. Not bad. Which, when you, I mean, when you think about guards... 30. You got two starting guards on every team. On every team. That's 30 ish teams, something like that. either <laughs> 30 to 32. Right. So you have at least 60 starting guards, and he's. So he's the top half? Right. More than half. Even more than that, he has yeah. Backup guards. Right. So he will uh, instantly step in for Schweitzer. Yeah, I heard, um, I guess you take this with a grain of salt, but in terms of pro football focus, Schweitzer had a 47 rating, whatever the hell that means, and uh, Fusco, as we know him now, until further notice, had a 76 rating. So, it, oh, over oh, for overall offensive linemen? Yes, in terms of like taking all this data and evaluating it, and then putting it into one numerical value, uh, Fusco is a hell of a lot better than Schweitzer based on their analytics. And the fact that he has been wait 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 yeah didn't you just say Schweitzer was seventy six no Schweitzer is forty seven Fusco is seventy six so that doesn't doesn't that make Fusco worse no you want to have the higher number it's like getting it's like uh, it's like a grade scale like you know when you got a an A, a C on your paper you get a seventy six got a forty seven on your paper you get you saying forty seventh rank oh no no, no 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 they do a thing where it's like there's one numerical value and it's not a ranking like like, you know, a top 10 list or something, it's like 76 equals, you know, closer to 100 than 47. Got it. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, that's good news. Right. So, and, but also Pro Football Focus said we had the second best offensive line last year, and they also said Matt Ryan was the second best quarterback in the league, which as much as I would, Matt Ryan simply was not true. So everything you were saying about our offensive line is full of shit? About Fusco, maybe. Who knows? But I am Oh, with Fusco, we have the number no, two. No, without Fusco, we had the number two offensive line last year, according to Pro Football Focus, which makes zero sense to me. I, because I told you your stats were full of shit. Their stats were full of shit, I think. There's no way we had the second-best They best have actual line. stats. You just watch the game and decide, oh, no, we're not. So you, so you think Matt Ryan was the second-best quarterback in the league last year? Uh No. Yeah. Well, what are they basing that on? Just all their silly stats. <laughs> And somehow they said he's the second best player, which is crazy to me. I can think of five quarterbacks off the top of my head that had better seasons than that last year. But you're just, ba- but I'm sure they include like, they probably include like all the receivers drops in there. I mean, well, of if, if those receivers of catch course. the ball, then maybe he is the. But even still, best you know, the 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 completion percentage go down, and you can you can look at that certainly, and I think that's something that people fail to you probably have like mention. ten more touchdowns. Yeah, probably. And maybe they're taking that into account, but I know, long story short, I've always been iffy on who they think is the best or what their rankings really mean because, I mean, and I don't get it. I also don't get it, what they're doing. So, I mean, I'm an idiot. And um, <laughs> But to me, it's like I don't think he was the second-best quarterback last year. So for me to see that they're also saying that we had the second-best offensive line is kind of nuts when I watch the offensive line. But what the fuck do I know? I'm just a white guy. That's what I've been trying to tell you for months now. I think if we did have a better offensive line, we wouldn't have so many damn red zone issues in terms of running the ball, and we wouldn't have so many issues running the ball in short yardage situations. That's what I think. I think that's more play calling. Maybe. But we're getting off track here. Weird. Anyways, Fusco is sounds like he is overall an upgrade over Schweitzer. It sounds like he's very durable. Has played complete seasons at least two or three times. He's got 80 career starts. 80 career starts. I think he's played in like 83 games. Um, He's only 29 or 30. Uh, Seems like a dependable guard. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, it seems like even though it's not a splashy signing in any respect, it solidifies a point of weakness for our team, which was very important to solidify. Yeah. He'll be right there next to uh, Alex Mack and... On to, on to D tackle and tight end, yeah. And I think um, that Dan Quinn said straight up he wanted a guard going into this offseason. and we got one. Now he's got him, right. and and now we just have so much more depth now. Like because Schweitzer, he's still a piece that you can develop, right? And we still have Garland, who is a solid backup if you actually have, if you have to plug him in there. Yeah, I mean we got a little bit of depth on the offensive line. Something that's gonna, you know, you're gonna go out and scream and say, "Holy oh, shit, we signed this guy!" But it it, uh, uh, it shores up. A position of weakness for us. And that's what we needed. And we didn't overpay. We didn't overpay. Yeah. That's a very good value for one of those. That's them. exactly what you want. Like, yeah. a, There's not a splashy guard. There's not a LeBron James Except for guards. Andrew Norwell. Yeah, then you're just overpaying for some guy. Right. Who I think. That'll probably got, be a bust. I think he got $13 million a year. I can't remember where he signed. But I think Jacksonville. Yeah, but the good news is the Panthers don't have him anymore. So that weakens their offensive yeah. line. Um, we also heard today. That Packers get Jimmy Graham. I know a lot of people wanted Jimmy Graham to come here. I'm actually fine that he's not, even though he would improve our red zone offense. All he's good for now is being in the red zone, and he's so injury-riddled now. He's he's a shell of the player he was when he was with the Saints. Did you see that the Packers released Jordy Nelson? I did. After that, what, I think they did that before. Did they did that beforehand. No, it was like it was right when they signed. Oh, right when they signed. Yeah, Graham. Okay. They released because they, they they paid uh, one of their other receivers. I can't can't remember who but um what do you think about bringing in jimmy uh jordy nelson we still need that third receiver if he's affordable enough hell he'd be the second receiver at this point he's a much better receiver than most new yeah that, i don't know how healthy he is that's the thing right is that um i don't think he would even be a private contract either i think he would command a lot of money just because of his past accomplishments yeah. So, I mean, it might be a little bit of a discount because he's been banged up recently, but I still think you have to pay a pretty penny for Jordy Nelson. I just don't think we can do that. Yeah. Um, and Moncrief, our boy Moncrief, mm. has been signed. Oh, where'd he go? I can't remember. <laughs> but he's not with us. <laughs> yep. That's off the table. Um, I, I, lo- I looked a little deeper on these receivers, free agent receivers. Mm-hmm. See who else is out there. Yeah. Uh, a name we didn't mention that I be intrigued in is Eric Decker. Mm. He had a really consistent career until last season. Yeah. And he really did not play too well for the Titans, but, you know, Mariota didn't have a very good season either. Right. But, um, but I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him up. Yeah, that, that's just like that steady veteran that we want. Mm-hmm. And then um, Matthews, Jordan... Jordan Matthews? Yeah, we talked yeah. about Jordan Matthews. Yeah, so he, he's still out there. He's and still Ma- out there. Ma- Jeremy Macklin's out there, too. Macklin's solid. So that, there's that's a couple options. Um, but back to what we're... So like I said, our next two positions we're looking at are D tackle and tight end mm-hmm. that we got to shore up. And you know, we had a, this debate a little bit. I want me some Aust- Austin, Safarian, Jenkins. So it seems like just like with Fusco, he wouldn't require a lot of money and that he might be able to take $4 million uh, per year, maybe on like a two- or three-year deal. That's what I was thinking at first, but apparently that's fake news. Oh. Yeah. Um, With Jimmy Graham being off the board, there's not a lot of big play potential tight ends available anymore, and Austin Safarian Jenkins is still considered one of those guys. Like, he's dominated game. Like, he had 50 catches with the Jets last year, Um, and that's with, the hell was their quarterback I don't remember exactly yeah Um, so and and, I mean he had a couple just huge games so he's got the capability oh yeah Uh, I mean I think he's got all the tools in the world uh, to be a really good tight end plus think about this Hmm. if we had him who would our two tight ends be you have Hooper and Jenkins and what's Hooper's first name Austin the Austins oh (laughs) they're both named Austin yes yes so, we'd have that going for us. Right. Uh, Falcons marketing would have a heyday with that. Oh, sure. And I think he is also a really good blocking tight end and would certainly be an improvement over Levine Toy Lolo, who was also gone bye bye. Yeah, he's, he's. Don't bring that guy back. I'm yeah. so sick of him. He, the most boring player I could possibly think of in right. the world. Right. A lot of people are saying, oh, Lolo. look at his size. He's from Stanford. Stanford's pedigree for developing tight ends. Didn't really do much. No. Um, yeah, unfortunately. So, Jenkins is getting linked with. Seattle pretty hard now mm. that Jimmy Graham's gone. And he already turned down a two-year, $8 million off, eight million a year offer from the Saints. Um, so realistically, it's probably getting a little too expensive for us since we already have Hooper. So I uh, also went down the old free agent list, mm-hmm. pull out a couple names. Okay. I'd like to see what you think. This is still a tight end. Tight end, yeah. Yep. We're looking at tight end okay. still. Uh, Martellus Bennett is out there. Gets pretty banged up. We can still play. Yep. I wouldn't be opposed to him coming in on a really team-friendly deal. Yep. I mean, just... So, there's two veterans. And I got, I, I kind of like the idea of bringing in a veteran mm-hmm. just to show... Hooper. Hooper the way. I mean, if yeah. they're clearly past their prime, but they're still going to catch the damn ball. Right. Um, they're not... I mean, they're not going to make huge plays or anything. So, Bennett's out there. Mm-hmm. Antonio Gates wants to play again. He had such a... Bad season was hardly used by those Chargers but last year. But they I don't have, think it's worth they it. They have Henry. Yeah, they, they have Hunter Henry, Antonio. and he's really good. So, but I, but Antonio just hasn't been himself in you know a couple of years at this point, and I don't think you're going to get you'll get value from the veteran presence from him being able to mentor Hooper if he chooses to do so. But other than that, I mean, he better come in if we pick him up. He better come in for nothing. And he's, oh, yeah. his blocking skills have decreased over the years, so I'm not I'm not really keen on his signing in terms of he's not a Dwight Freeney type who's not going to be able to serve you know dual a dual purpose in the sense that he'll be able to contribute on the field and off the field by mentoring guys. He's just going to be a mentor off the field at this point. And I, I don't just, I just don't think he got I mean he, he might he didn't he get didn't, get the opportunity no but in the past couple of years. He's he's been banged up a lot. I just I just don't think it's worth it taking a flyer on him. I think there's someone out there who's better than he is at this stage in his career. Even though he's one of the all-time great tight ends, I wouldn't hate it. Better but, be a damn nice deal if you do it. That's all I'm yeah, going to say. It clearly would be. I mean, th- these are all bargain bin. Yeah, we're shopping at the Dollar Tree. Here. Yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in Antonio Gates at this point in his career. Then we all Eric Ebron from Detroit. He's got the like the hands of a brick. <laughs> yeah. we don't need that guy. It's just like throwing the ball at a tree. He ain't gonna catch it. Yes, yeah, not what we need. So options are becoming limited past Safarian Jenkins. Yeah, and you like to be able to bring him in, but it'll be interesting to see what we do in the draft too. If there's a nice tight end in the third or fourth round for us, or something like that. Yeah. Even though we don't have, we have a young tight end already. Though, so I don't. I think, I think we just need that veteran presence. Yeah, maybe maybe there is a guy out there that i would i would be more in favor of Bennett than i am Gates that's fine. if, yeah. if you gave me the two of them I, i'd say get Bennett Bennett would be fine mm-hmm. yeah and then um, d tackle as well mm. so the pipe dream is still out there the odd, and Sue. yeah i S- spend a ton of money on them my uh, you know i think it comes down to this right if you go out and really splurge on a guy like Sue You are literally pulling, putting all of your chips in the middle of the table and saying, if we do not win this year, this window is... The window closes this year, whether or not you... you I don't think based off one contract. But. Well, it's going <clears> to <throat> cripple the cap to the point in the future that you're not going to be able to re-sign a Grady Jarrett. Yeah. You lose Devondre Campbell, definitely. Um You're all in. Yeah, like this is it. Like this is the year. If you don't win this year, it was all for nothing. So it's one of those things where it's like if you go out and try and do that with a guy like Sue who's still an elite talent, are you willing to sacrifice your future in order to do so? And part of me wants to say yes because we need a fucking championship. Yeah, we've never won, so we can't play it safe And who gives a shit? Yeah. But I also think about the personality of Sue, and I do not see a guy like him who sort of plays on his own free will, doesn't really give a shit what the coaches tell him, or what the players around him are doing, uh, and sort of just does his own thing. And that's very anti-brotherhood. Well, he's never been a part of the brotherhood. Maybe once he feels what the brotherhood's all about. I think it's about. just too big of a risk. I'd rather take a chance on some other player who would still command a lot of money. All but right. well, here's a couple of those guys okay. for you. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, yeah, Seahawks again. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a restricted free agent at this point. Um, but he's a big-time talent let me, as well. How many sacks did he get last season? Don't know. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> right, you did the preparation this week. Oh, I did. I wasn't expecting any uh, follow-up questions. That's fair. I knew he was with I, the Seahawks. I should have, I I should have known a, how to put you in a position to succeed and I failed. <laughs> I, I under-executed on that plan, as Thomas Dimitrov would say. All right, so this guy, got a few more stats. Daquan Jones. Okay. Uh, he's with the Titans. He's a run-stuffer. Okay. 320 pounds. Only 26. And he had three and a half sacks last year. Didn't he just re-sign with Tennessee? Not according to my source. I thought he might have today, but yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly what, he'd be like a poor man's Poe from what you're saying on, on, on paper. I don't know anything about the guy, so I'm just spitballing, but yeah. we need a guy to just take up space in that middle and to make the occasional you know, play in the backfield while freeing up other guys to make plays. So I also wouldn't be shocked if Poe comes back. I would be, because that would be a lot of money. Less than these guys, you think so? Yeah. How? Why? Well, less than well, less Sue, than obviously. Sue. Yes, and Sheldon no, Richardson no as well. Really? You think it'd be? Yeah. I think he's right behind Sue in terms well, the of the li- most coveted free agents and defensive tackle. The I can't remember what website I was on, but Poe was actually pretty far down. Really? There. Yeah. Well, oh. I don't think he showed enough. Like he was solid last yeah. year. And, there, I, I mean, he's on the other side of 30 at this point, so. I mean, if you can bring him back, great. I mean, I think, you know, especially, like we said, either the last show or the show before that, second half of the year, he was he was on point. And he wants to come back. Yeah. So, I um, also know Adrian Claiborne has garnered extreme interest from multiple teams, including yeah. Falcons, Panthers, Patriots. I think Packers are also oh, interested. Oh, he's in an football. ultimate Patriots player. Oh, yeah. You know it. Yeah, he's gone. I've moved on from him. I, yeah, I don't think there's... I think he's going to... He's going to use, you know, team leader in sacks, nine and a half sacks. You know. Which is... Which is kind of horseshit. Yeah. Because of that was one was Cowboys six game. six sack game? Or six, I think it was a five sack game. Yeah. Um, but he's still a guy that can at least give you four to five sacks. And that's valuable in this league. Nope. Oh, I so, don't think we need him like we did last year, though. It'll be interesting. Um... He's a guy I really don't want to lose, but you also got to consider health, health issues with him. Over the last couple of seasons, he's missed extended time with, with, health, uh, with injuries. So it's only going to get worse when you get older. So someone who may take a gamble on him it might come back to bite them in the end. Yep. Um, very sad news hmm. this week for the Falcons. Uh, I guess more so for Atlanta's own Taylor Gabriel. Yes. signed with the Bears. I think it was a four-year deal. Four-year deal. Wow. Which means I lose a $5 Adam bet. Adam loses grand. the bet. Yes, we made a bet last week for anyone who missed the episode that uh, it was me taking the field and Adam taking the 49ers. Adam has a really bad history, an atrocious history, if you will, of losing bets to me under any circumstance, whether it be rock, paper, scissors, sports bets. doesn't matter. I've made a killing off this guy. He's he's sustaining me right now all the money I've made off of him. I feel like I need to, like, start playing my hand a little better, like, start challenging you in things that I know I'm better than you at versus, like, predictions. But why would I take that bet? Like, I'm not going to bet you in an arm wrestling competition, or I'm going to do it where at least I have a fair chance. If I put $5 down on a game of darts, you wouldn't take that? Yeah, I'd probably take that, and you'd win. But I, I might lose, though, because there's buddy on the yeah, line. Yeah, and there's that, pressure. That's, like, my, that's, that's my conundrum. That's, yeah. I'm not a pressure player, I guess. No, I don't think you are. Unfair. <laughs> We're clearly <laughs> like playing a game of darts right. for $5 after this. That's fair. Oh, then we can call everything even if you want. Oh, wow. Shit. Okay. <laughs> it's gone. We'll let you guys know on Twitter what happens. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, anyways, yeah, Gabriel's gone. Uh, Do you know your boy Andre Roberts is a free agent? Yeah, I did. I hope he goes yeah, to hope hell and never comes back. <laughs> I hope he's not signed by anybody. I hope he's just. All right, no, I hope the Saints sign him. I really do. That's what I want. I want well, the Saints to sign him. Then he's going to get four touchdowns. Did you hear about Breeze uh, getting an offer from Minnesota. Minnesota? Yeah. yeah. He flirted with some teams. Um, he's coming back. Oh, yeah. No, I think they are about to sign him to a two-year deal, like $25 million per, I think is is what cool. I heard over the old Twitter. Yeah. Um, which I think kind of brings us to Matt Ryan. Yeah. Uh, a boy D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, that's how my voice sounds, is reporting that Matt Ryan is going to command a five- to six-year deal worth upwards $180 million to $190 million. Adam, what do you think about such a deal for Matt Ryan? Let me crunch some numbers. He said $180 million. For six years. 30 million a year huh now if we remember i'll stop talking like that uh when matt signed his extension uh his big contract extension at i think the beginning of the 2013 season he was sort of hitting the cap for 20 million a year so between Uh, then 2013 now five years it's going to go up 10 million is what uh d orlando ledbetter is saying and that I mean, Impression was done from a place of love. I love that man. He's just got a ridiculous voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, if that's what the market is, yeah, we're not going to not sign him. And Thomas Dimitrov is pretty much, you know, acquiesced to that. He's like, he pretty much, you know, respectfully said, "What the fuck you're going to do?" Pretty much, yeah, if, you, if you look at the subtext, it's draft like, a yeah. quarterback in the first. Yeah, he's like, look, we're not going to play hardball with Matt fucking Ryan. You know. Yeah. So that's going to be what it's going to be. I hate this quarterback money though. Yeah, it does suck, and well, I mean, you gotta look at it too, right? You look at the Kirk Cousins deal, three years for eighty-five million. What the fuck has he won? You look at Matt Stafford becoming the highest-paid player in the NFL started at the start of last year. He hasn't won a damn playoff game. Garoppolo. Garoppolo gets one hundred thirty-seven million. He's like never played a. He's played whole five, season. Yeah, he's played six games, and they then yeah. they they went all in with him. Now you got Sam Bradford getting picked up by the Arizona Cardinals who signed a 1 year deal for 20 million. Sam Bradford is only going to Sam Bradford. Yeah, he's only going to play 4 games this year before he Wait, blows out his knee. Yes, I'm serious. 20 million. 20 million Sam? for Sam Bradford for 1 year. So if those guys are getting that yeah, money, yeah, we better lock up Matt Ryan for 30 right now. Right, you have a guy who's won 4 playoff games, who's won a conference championship, who's a most valuable player, who's been a you know, a pro bowler 3 or 4 times, whatever. Multiple time pro bowler. He's going to command a shit ton more money than those guys. But according to some people, he's a bum. Yeah, but according to some people, he's a bum. According to some people who um, guess didn't know that Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan's receivers dropped thirty balls last year, worst in the league. Who didn't know that eight of his twelve interceptions were caused by those drops? Who didn't know that he has shit at you know at one guard position, at one tackle position, you know, not protecting him very well. Whoa, I, I heard you sneak in that tackle. You, 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 you can't you can't say that anymore. Can I not? If we had the number two overall line according oh. to someone with actual stats, are you not a stats man? I am a stats man, but I don't so trust someone, this pro football focus. So shit. you trust your eyeball test more? They're than, one. They have their own formulas. It's not a thing like war in baseball, where war is has an s- extreme. Strict set of values and multiple people use war so, uh, to determine player value. Only one site uses pro football focus. It consist- is pro football focus. It's a consistent formula though. Have, but, you, have you ranked all the other no. t- tackles based off your Graham Waldrup eyeball test formula? I have not. Exactly. So at least it's a formula that's consistent across I the do board. know that he led the team in sacks allowed, second on the team in penalties, sacks allowed four, second on the, pen- second on the team with penalties. And well, I that's, know... That's second on the number two overall line in the NFL. So that's pretty good. I guess. But I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. So I'll give you the guard, but just retract. I'll reach... Okay, fine. He's not a shit garbage. Yes. tackle. But he also gave up two sacks in the playoffs. No one else did that for our team. He's not a big-time player. This fucking holding penalty in a Super Bowl I will never forgive. Continue what you're saying about Matt Ryan. Anyway, <laughs> for anyone saying that Matt Ryan is a bum... Just remember those stats. Yeah, so just to talk a little bit about what else is going on around the league with their summer arrivals, the Saints have strengthened their defense, which is already on the rise, unfortunately. Uh, they signed Patrick Robinson, slot corner for the, oh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And they also signed uh, Jets linebacker Demario Davis, who has been one of the most durable players in all of the National Football League for the last four or five years. Um, Peterson defended 22 passes last year, deflected 22 passes. And had four picks, so he's the real fucking deal as a slot corner. He can probably play corner anywhere on the field. Demario Davis, for those that don't know, uh, he played every single snap over 16 games last season, and uh, he hasn't missed a game in six six years. That's according to ESPN. So these are two pretty damn solid players, and. I know that Davis is a tackle machine, and uh, so the Saints' defense just got a hell of a lot better. I miss the days when their defense was just a laughing stock, and there's nothing they it could do. About it. wasn't that long ago. One good draft, and now they're adding to it. Some good free agent signings. Maybe they don't have the brotherhood, though. Maybe all these people aren't going to mesh. Maybe not, but I mean, you got to be a little concerned with that. Um, for a team that should have been in the NFC Championship game last year who was one dumbass play away from being there. And now they're just getting better, substantially better, it seems like, you know, in the secondary and in the middle of the field, linebacker. So not a whole lot to say there, except you got to be a little more scared of the Saints now. Yep. Yep. So I think that's enough football news for now. Let's move on to the Atlanta Braves. All right. We can do that. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr., unless he likes to go by. It's absolutely obliterating the Grapefruit League. It's a 412 batting average, 512 on base percentage, and over 1,000 OPS. Insane numbers. And he has two bombs and four steals. The man has been doing work so far in the Grapefruit League as uh, it's starting to we're really getting down to near the end. We only got a couple more weeks of spring training. And the man looks like he can play at the big league level based yeah. on what we're seeing in the Grapefruit it's Crazy league. with how high the expectations were on him. It's he's, like no problem. He's exceeded him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we'll have a couple of weeks to see uh, what happens before he gets called up. Right. We know Dustin Peterson is making a strong move to, uh, to for that corner outfield spot. Although Lane Adams will probably get the spot because, and I'll tell you why, he's out of options. And the Braves probably don't want to lose him. I think they cut him, man. You think so? You were all about Lane I, Adams. I was. I, was. I, I can change my opinion based on new stats, though. Okay. So I thought this was pretty funny. So I mean he's been terrible, and uh, yeah, I haven't looked at his stats this year. He's been striking out a lot. Yeah, and apparently he decided to make off-season changes to his swing, like on his own. Oh, <laughs> it's like who the hell told you to do that, man? So like why and, and why would you not have an instructor? And, and especially all, not being a yeah. like a great like if you know Chipper Jones says yeah I'm gonna work on some things. I, I saw some video. I like, okay, great. But well, like, who the fuck's Lane, you know, well, Lane Adams to do it by himself? Yeah. So okay. he, he's been striking out left and right. And now all of a sudden there's a lot of competition out there that's actually doing pretty good. Preston Tucker hmm. is currently hitting 375 with four doubles, a homer, and just one strikeout. Nice. That's what I love. Like, cut down on these strikeouts, man. And we're... Uh, that's all we need from right. this left fielder for a couple weeks. Sure. And then we also just signed another um, former Blue Jay... Hmm. Ezekiel Carrera he's, a, he's about 30 years old okay. so he got cut by the Blue Jays but last year he hit a career best 282 with a 356 on base percentage and had 8 homers and 325 plate appearances 252, 356 uh, 282, 282 that's still, 356 that's solid um, so I think Lane Adams is the odd man out here you might be right uh, with Dustin Peterson, also, especially he's been showcasing some power. He's got a couple bombs. Yeah, like you know, huge power. Right, and you so. know if he's the better option, why not? It's not like Lane Adams is some player that's going to stay here for the rest of his career and no. be some amazing, you know, guy in left field. So here's what I'm kind of hoping. I'm kind of hoping Dustin Peterson because he's the guy that we could actually see in our future. I kind of hope he gets the job, showcase what he can do for a few weeks, and then maybe be a push for let's try to get old Nikki Marcases out of here and have Peterson Acuña I think you got to wait on I think you got to wait on that and see how he does. Well yeah, I mean you're not, it's not going to be immediate, but like I mean I think the goal should be at some point to move Marcases this season. I think if you're not doing that to get at least some value for him because he the, he's the ultimate placeholder player yeah. during this rebuild. He's been here since the beginning of the rebuild. And if you do not get any value from him even if it's just a couple of Mid-level prospects, then it's kind of a failure. Yeah, I mean, I just think since we have a couple guys now, I mean, this Carrera guy, he still has minor league options. Right. So he could just play in AAA and kind of just hang out until someone gets injured or or whatever we want to do something with Marquez. Sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that left field position plays out. Yeah. And uh, Sean Newcomb has looked really good. Yeah. He's making a strong push to be in the starting rotation. Pitched, uh, I think, a spotless four innings against the Phillies. Had, like, six strikeouts, uh, no walks, no hits, which is great for him, especially since, you know, it's well known that he's struggled with walks. So it looks like he's pitching really well. Fulty continues to pitch pretty well. Um, So it's great news to hear about Newcomb. Yeah, I think he's pretty much solidified that fifth spot, although I was hearing he'll probably have one start in the minors. Mm. Because we don't need that fifth spot. For, I heard, I heard we don't need it until like the second week of the season yeah. or something. So I think so. we're looking at Tehran, McCarthy, McCarthy, Kazmir, mm. Fulty. Okay. Not in that order. Right. I think Folty's is going to be our ace at the end of the day. He's had a strong spring. I have a bold prediction. Not only one of those, maybe it's not so bold. My head was bold, but really when I look at it, logically it's not. I predict that only one of those players will be in the rotation by the trade deadline. I think it will be Fulton-Navich. I think we trade. I mean. Or they'll be injured. So I, think, that, I think McCarthy and Kazmir get injured. <laughs> I, I think, think Julio's we trade Julio. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Julio's fastball. He's like an upper 80s guy now. Yeah, Velocity has dropped a little bit. Or a lot. Yeah. Um, I remember when he first came up, he was throwing... He was like 94, 95. Yeah, mid-90s. That sort of stayed pretty consistent in the first few years. Then it sort of wavered the last couple of years. Now it's kind of sitting around 90 at this point. Um, Although we missed our opportunity. We missed our window with him. Yeah. But I still think... The, I, I, I think um, the end is coming for him in a Braves uniform one way or another. We should somehow get it so he only pitches on the road. Yeah, because he pitched his, his splits were crazy last year. And I'll be really interested to see how he adjusts, knowing what he knows about SunTrust Park at this point. What's her nickname? Oh, Souvenir Factory. The Souvenir Factory, yes. Pitching at the Souvenir Factory, can he come back from just a god-awful splits he had at home, where it was like 80 RA, 15-plus bombs? It was, you know, I don't think that was what it wound up being by the end of the season, but, I mean, it was especially the first half of the year before he really started to hit his groove in August or whenever that was, <laughs> yeah. which was too when little, 35 too late. games out. Right. Um, God, he was just awful at home. Well, I, I hear he got some uh, pitching guru over the off season. And uh, with that fact in mind about the splits and yeah. uh, how terrible he was at the souvenir factory. Mm-hmm. And he was like doing yoga mm. on the mound at SunTrust Park, just trying to get one with the place. What do you think about that? I don't like that. That kind of reminds me of uh, RG3 before he retired when he was benched. He would punt the ball to himself for like four hours after practice. He would literally get the ball, punt it, go get it. Wherever it landed, punt it to the other side of the field. It was just this like three or four hour thing. That's what that reminds me of. Obviously, this is way more productive because he's actually strengthening his body, being physically active with yoga, centering his mind. Maybe it'll work. I don't know, but it just seems like a desperate attempt because – I'd rather him be working on his pitches than doing fucking yoga at, at SunTrust Park. Well, you know what's interest, what else is interesting about that? Hmm. That whole story is completely made up. I was about to say, that sounds really... <laughs> <laughs> I was to say, it sounds so far out of left field, but you did it so convincingly. I tell you, he's a good actor. Watch him in release, folks. He's a uh, feature film. He's pretty good. That seems legit, though. Try to get in tune with I the it You sold it. Yeah. You, just, you sold it. I was like, well, shit. Okay. I, th- I think he should do that. I was surprised. So I was like, why haven't I heard about this? One <laughs> <laughs> of the daily DOBs. I've got some deep sources, man. Yeah, Jesus. That's pretty funny. Um, I don't really have much else in the Braves. Uh, you got anything else? Doo-doo-doo. I think we pretty much touched on it. Um actually I have a little tidbit on the Hawks this okay. week. Yeah. So um we confirmed something one of my suspicions that Travis Schlink not only listens to our podcast mm. but we're his number one source of info slash Intel because he knows that we are the voices of the people right. He came over from Golden state and was like, "I gotta get you know in touch with the local media you know who, who really is?" You know, I don't, I don't want to look at people who just do this for a living. I want to look at people right. who have true passion. He wants to hear You're what, put what the put in their fans free want. time, yeah. who are actual fans, who pay money to go to the games, don't have press passes. He selected us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he listens to us pretty often. And sorry we haven't actually mentioned your team in a while, um, yeah, sorry. the Schlenk. I, I apologize for that. We will be very soon with the draft, though. But he certainly listened to us um, in regards to our desire for the tank. And the need to just start making up complete bullshit excuses to not play (laughs) our our, best players. Yes, exactly. So Kent Bazemore is out for the rest of the year with like a bruised knee. I'm pretty sure he would be playing if we were uh, if we were contending. Contending, or at least he would miss a few games and then come back. Yeah, you wouldn't go ahead and say no. Just yeah, just bench him. Just yeah, for the whole year, like. I love it. There's just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we support this. Oh yeah, no, It's hundred Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not condemning it at all. I, you know, I love it. It's just like, it's just like, give me an excuse. It's like one of those things, you know, where it's it's like a guy's pissing you off. You're like, give me give me one excuse to like punch you in the face. This is one excuse to tank. Yeah, even further than we already are. Yeah, I you mean, know. we're bone oh, Bruce, Take a seat. We're we're officially not in the playoffs as of earlier this week. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody ten, will be like ten straight years. Oh, we were in the playoffs ten straight years. Such a tragedy. This streak is going to an end. It's not like we won the division every year. We only really contended one season. Legit contended. Legit yeah. contended one season. The greatest season of our lifetime as Hawks fans that we can remember. Um, but so I don't really give a shit about that streak. No, not at all. So no. so anyway, thank who, you for doing does, what yeah us and our constituents wanted. The Hawks to be doing, yeah. Keep which it up, Schlink. Full on tank mode, yep. Get Schroeder out of there, please, within the next week. Yeah, maybe let him play a little maybe just play him like 15 20 minutes a game. Keep him a little fresh, but don't let him play the whole game. I'm thinking a sprained pinky toe for him, yeah, or maybe a uh bruised uh right butt cheek. You gotta sit down for the rest of the year, something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's the only way to yeah. rest it. Yeah, the ass is tender, yeah, so gotta That'd use cool. it, yeah. Um, I think. Go ahead. No, you please. Oh. So move on to Atlanta United. Um. So, Adam, what do we want to start here? Are we want to start talking about the game, or are we want to talk about the experience getting to the game first? Maybe we go in sequential order. Let's start with your experience. I think I got a lead and uh, build in from there. All right. So as I mentioned last week, I took it upon myself to get group tickets because they were. Costs us $20 a ticket versus 41 No brainer. Um, so I'm like, cool, this can be super easy. I just buy them, it's over the phone, one transaction. Boom, I got 12 tickets on my phone. Life's going great. I had a fun Saturday night, rolled it straight into Sunday. Uh, woke up, and Drew Roach was here who wasn't coming to the game, he ended up being able to come, so that was great. We're loving life. We pick up John Galvin Mm -hmm. and Bridget. We got this great plan. We're going to spend about an hour and a half because of daylight savings time. Would have been a little longer. We lost that hour, though. But um, we're going to spend an hour and a half at Sidebar in downtown Atlanta Mm. and then walk to the game from there, get in there before the game, standing room only tickets, boom, we're golden. So then when we're taking our Uber down to the game... I, I'm i like, let me start sending these tickets out now before I lose battery. And, oh, and what time is it now? This is... So the game was at 2, right? 3. 3? No. So this was like 1-ish. one one-ish. Okay. 1 to one thirty. And biggest mistake of my Sunday... I'm <laughs> not going to say my life. But of my Sunday was... Like I said, I got the 12 tickets. I should have just opened them to see the barcode, take a screenshot... And then text message it. That's what I should have done. But I trusted Atlanta United's app. And there was a button for transfer ticket. So I hit that. And then he was like, oh, you're just typing their phone number. No problem. And I, I just, like, immediately sent them all out like that. And then, like, John, who's sitting next to me, was like, uh, Adam, you just sent me four tickets. It happened to multiple people. Yeah. Maddie got four tickets as well. Yeah. None of that was True. Interesting enough, I got one ticket. <laughs> I clicked the link. I had a couple of issues, so I just restarted my phone because my phone's a piece of shit. Open the link again, claim my ticket, no problem. And you're generally the last person that I would work out right. For. And I was the only person who responded. I was like, "Oh yeah, everything's great. I got my ticket. I put it on my little Apple Wallet. It's stored nice and safe. No Storted problem." Apple wallet. Yeah, so I, I knew this was gonna be a problem. I, I'm like trying to cancel the transfers, but like apparently other people have already accepted or tried to accept. I you told them to. Yeah, but then they weren't actually, it says they accepted, but then they're not able to open the tickets because we're relying on technology. Like, I would have loved, you can't even, like, you, remember when it was huge technology when you could print your ticket at home? Oh, it's amazing. That's yeah. not even an option anymore. Like, I would have totally just liked to do that and then just, oh, here's your ticket, here's your ticket. Right. Physically but, give it to right. the people. Which I always prefer a physical ticket. When I go to the airport, I'll, I'll do the little bullshit uh, digital app. But I'll also print out boarding just in case because you never know when technology is going to let you down. Exactly. We're just too damn reliant on it. So thanks to... Ironically enough, printing out the ticket also relies on technology. Yes, but less, less so. Less so. Because then it's settled beforehand. True. Granted, I could have also just taken screenshots immediately and sent... As soon as I bought the ticket and sent them to people. Still, the desired... Uh, The desired workflow for Atlanta United is you get the tickets, you send them to whoever you need to send them to, they get on their little precious phone, and then they have it. And that didn't work for you. It did not. So I cut off my plan early. As soon as we walked into Sidebar, everyone else is relaxed, and I'm like, I know, A, this is my issue, and B, this is going to be terrible walking to the gate like 20 minutes before the game and trying to deal deal with that now. Mm -hmm. So I just went straight down there like an hour and a half before the game, there's a tent. It's like, oh, ticket, ticket resolution. Ticket That's resolution. Ticket resolution. I, said. I yeah. was like, man, they're, they're prepared for this I shit. I was like they know that their shit's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> you know, ticket resolution, I ticket information, ticket resolution. Like you've got a problem. You yeah. come to us. So I was like, sweet. They're gonna just be able to print them and like, there's a lady with an iPad and a little printer. I'm like, cool. I'm just gonna go to her, my mm-hmm. problem's solved. She's, right. she's like, Do you have any issues? I was like, Oh lady, I got a big problem. Yeah. Let me show you. I've got like five tickets that are still on my phone, four are in limbo. I don't know where the rest of them are. She's like, okay, no problem. We print them. And then she's able to print my five. And she's like, oh, well, I can't print the rest of those. They've already been accepted. I was like, but no one can actually gain access to. I know who all these people are. They can't. So she puts me on to another guy who seems to know a little more what's going on. And he's like, oh, I just need to get my laptop out here. Once I get my laptop, it's going to be no problem. Why is your laptop not out there already? for the home opener, for the biggest crowd you guys have ever gotten. So this guy, somebody finally brings this guy's laptop out. And I'm a patient man, Graham. Like, at this point, I'm like, look, my pipe dream of going back to Sidebar, that's done. That I, had, like, a a, that. I had a secondary pipe dream where I was going to just walk back to one of the dudes on the street selling $5 Miller Lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, very illegal. Yeah. But for whatever reason. No one gives a shit. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just gonna go buy one or two of those, sit on a bench, enjoy my victory and my printed tickets, and mm-hmm. wait for y'all to show up. Yep. And then someone he brings the laptop out, but not the damn power cord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot my power cord. Ah, oh, well, I guess I gotta go back and get that. It's gonna take about thirty-seven minutes. <laughs> pretty much, and I'm just like slowly starting to get like angrier and angrier. But I'm not one of these dumbass. Like, I realize me yell Like, this guy's fighting his best. Like, right. it's not. He was like some intern. It's not going to be productive for you. Yeah, to do it's that. like his first job in sports or whatever. He's nice. He rookie, felt. Rookie he, mistake. He felt bad. Yeah. Um, he showed remorse. But I just couldn't help. Like, I just kept thinking, we're going to be out here and miss, like, the first part of the game. And for. Like, at this point, you see my 12 tickets. Just walk me in, man. Yeah. So. It was just very unfair that finally, like he calls the box office and they like direct text me my four limbo tickets, and I start randomly sending them to people, but I don't know who has them anymore. That's a total clusterfuck. And I'm just getting mad. I'm like, just go in, just go in. If you have a ticket, just go in. And then, but it was epic. When I, I was the last person scanning my ticket, everyone else is in. I scan once, it doesn't work. So you had the, you had you had everything, right? But in like three different sources, I had yeah. paper tickets, right. I had these text tickets, right. and then I had the five original so ones. So you're just trying whatever the, whatever you could. And I don't know which one's been scanned, so right. I'm just trying to scan anything at this point because see what's working. And I, I get rejected like twice, and then finally the third go, green go, I'm in. Yeah, Someone has a beer for me immediately. It was probably the most exciting part of the game for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an exciting game. It was. Yeah. Um, so, would you recommend someone buying the group ticket package from Atlanta United? Yes, but I would also recommend taking screenshots of said tickets to send them out. Fair. And doing that before you're on your way to the game? At least 24 hours in advance. Yes. Yes. Uh, to get to the actual game, I mean, this is from my perspective. All right. People have hyped up the crowd, the atmosphere, and how this is the best, the hottest ticket in the city for professional sports, and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) You don't seem to agree. No. What? I disagree. I get in, the game starts, tons of empty seats. Not a lot of noise. That's just the stadium, though. It's not the team. But it looked no different to me than when I went to um, the Falcons game last year against Tampa Bay. It was like, yeah, there's... Pretty good amount of empty seats, but there's also a decent amount of people here. But and there was only one side of the stadium, which was the side we were on, that was pretty psychotic and crazy and doing a shit ton of chants and going nuts. And it's like that, I feel, in almost every professional venue in the city. The Hawks, you got that one section that goes crazy that is a chance chants yeah, It's the like the game. supporter section. Yeah, the supporter section. The whole back of where the end zone normally is was like that for Atlanta United. And they were awesome. Like I, Those guys are hardcore um, I just didn't think the crowd was really that into it. Like, there wasn't a lot of chance. There wasn't a lot of emotion. There wasn't... I really enjoyed watching the game. And I thought the, you know, overall, the vibe in the stadium was good. It wasn't like it was awful. But for it being as hyped up as it was, it was like, every second, every single play, every single kick is just the most pulse-pounding, amazing thing you'll ever watch. And everyone's into it. Everyone's going ape shit at all times. I did not see that at all. And so for me, I was a little disappointed. I was like, this is really what people think is the best Atlanta sports environment that you can find? Currently, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I love the Falcons game is comparable against Tampa Bay when I went last year. I went to both games. There was one part of the stadium that was really, really fucking loud. But also... Both times, listen, both times <laughs> were behind the end zone or behind the goal where you saw the true psychotics. I tried to make a lot of noise more so the Falcons game than this game because I was just trying to like get my bearings but I was still you know cheering and whatnot and, you know it, it was loud it was fine but it wasn't like this groundbreaking experience and this whole thing about how we're breaking attendance records I was like well, it seemed like a damn quarter of the stadium was empty that's not true at all Graham do you understand MLS uh, attendance numbers like number two no but this is the fourth largest crowd on record yes and not just MLS. The history of soccer. Yeah. Worldwide. It's the stadium. It's like... Number two in the MLS this week was like 30,000, and we we're at I 74. I mean, we certainly had a lot. There was at least 55,000 people. Dude, think there. about it that way. Like, you're, you're equating this to your fandom with the Falcons. Like, this... Team is in year two. I just didn't think I saw like this raw passion that everybody said was there. It was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't anything special. I've been to tons of games, all the other Atlanta sports teams that have been far superior to that regular season. I'm not even going to say playoffs, but regular season, hands down. That 2014 2015 Falcons and Hawks team. That was a much better atmosphere than this you know, United. Uh, we need to bring soccer correspondent, Arthur, in on this one. I mean, it's a, it was a great crowd. I don't give a shit about... I think this is your soccer bias coming out. No. I'm just saying. I've been going to professional sporting events in this city since I was an infant. Because I can't remember. And this was not even a top-ten atmosphere for me. Even in a regular season game. But do you get the, the fact that this team is in its second year, and to be able to set attendance records? Don't worry about like if the crowd's not as intense as a tomahawk chop at Turner Field. Yeah, the seating in a sea capacity is, is seventy one thousand at Mercedes Benz Stadium. That, that was not that crowded. There were tons of empty seats. That's just the stadium, Grant. That's not the team because people are walking around. Oh, is it just like the Falcons? I thought the Atlanta United fans were so fucking great and much better than we are because they got there early. They are in their seats. It is packed. Where the fuck were they then? There were a good amount of them, but it it wasn't full. It it was so much more full than a Falcons game. 100%. Have you seen the lower deck at the beginning of a Falcons game? Yeah, it's more empty. but It's half empty. By the time the second, third quarter rolled around, everybody was in their seats at that Tampa Bay game. You're off base here, Jr. I was at the Tampa Bay game! This seems like one of your, like, arguments that, well, this is out of left field for me. I thought you had a great time. I did have a great time. I had a lot of fun watching the game. The team played exceptionally well. I thought the defense was tremendous. Even in the 80th minute, D.C. United did not have a shot on goal. That's how good the defense was. The offense was scoring at will. They had two goals within a span of like three minutes. I was having a lot of fun. It was very exciting. I really have grown to like this team a lot. I dare say I'm on the border of love. I'm not quite there, but I'm, I'm getting there. And I had a really wonderful time. But for everyone hyping up this experience being once in a lifetime, this is true Atlanta sports fandom, blah, 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 and breaking attendance records, fuck off. What do you mean, how- how is breaking, I mean, they are breaking attendance records. Fine. I guess those are the people that bought the tickets, but half, like a quarter of them didn't show up. Or they're That's not true at stadium. all. There were so many empty seats in that stadium, Adam. You cannot deny that. It was not so many. It's always, it's. Every it's, section had tons and tons it's of It's never going to be. The rough. only section that was stacked was behind Atlanta you United be at Those s- were the true psychotics, the true fans. You could be at a Super Bowl in that stadium. It's going to look like that. That's fine. It's just everyone said it was just. The like national that. championship looked like that. The Braves wildcard game in 2012 didn't look like that. Everybody was in their fucking seat. <laughs> Goddamn regular season games in 1999 didn't look like that. Everybody was in their fucking seat. So for people to say this is the best crowd, these are the best fans in the history of Atlanta sports, That's not what they're saying. saying. That's not what I've they're saying. I've heard tons of people say shit like that. They're saying this is the hottest ticket right now in Atlanta sports. That's wh- fine. Which I think is fair. But it's not like... Because they're affordable, unlike any other... Well, the Braves are The Braves affordable. are pretty affordable. The but the are Falcons affordable. are not affordable. No, they're not. And I think their attendance issues suffer from that more so than fan interest. Yes, but but um, because because you've got that awesome stadium and it's affordable, that's why I'm going to keep going to these. No, cars. I want to keep going too. And I'm not saying that all the Atlanta United fans are like garbage or anything at all. I saw you know good amount of passion, but the amount of like what I was expecting and what I got, and maybe my expectations were set too high from hearing the hype. They just it just wasn't met. Like there are times when that stadium was a fucking crypt. Like I've heard more, I've heard more noise in this goddamn room when we're talking outside of us talking than I heard in that stadium. Like when there wasn't a chant going on, people were just there wasn't even talking. It was just like the silence. It was like where, where is this amazing passion and energy that I keep hearing about from this fan base? Now when people scored, all, all you're going insane. I know all you're going to hear is because you didn't go to any of the games that. Bobby attack, Dodd, right? no, I did yeah. not. That's this all, is my that, first game. That's all you're going to hear is... Is that at Bobby Dodd, was this insane thing. And that's, you know, so I can't compare it so that, to that's, that. That's, that's, I that. can't compare it to that. All I can look at is what I saw on Sunday, because that's the only thing I have um, to compare it to. So I can't compare it to Bobby Dodd. And maybe it was like that at Bobby Dodd. I don't know. No, it 100% was. It okay. Was so much greater. It's just the stadium. It's so big. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's fair. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's I, got shitty acoustics. Yeah, I. This is not taking away from Atlanta United or people that love Atlanta. I'm getting there. I'm just saying, like I've seen much better atmosphere at many other Atlanta sports events over my lifetime. That's all, in the regular season. So I just, I'm, I'm tempering expectations in terms of when I go back to be like, oh, it's just an amazing experience. I want to sit down with the psychotic fans. I want to get a seat with them and go on ape shit the whole time because I think that would just be a blast. Well, you gotta be a part of the supporters, group. Oh, you do? Yeah. No. Those aren't just like, it, that's not like randomly there. Well, I mean, I'm sure people, you know, you could get a ticket there somehow. No? It's all sold out. It's all like season tickets and like it's people, like they got their own Facebook groups and shit. All like right, that. fine. I wanna be able to sit at least, cause Sand Room is fun, but I wanna be able to sit like on the field or like in a seat, and get a little closer to the action. What do you think? You're better than me or something? I'm not saying I'm better. I just wanna do that couple times i've been to three games yeah the most boring one was the one when i had the best seat why is that because you're just sitting there and you like the socializing aspect you like room. Yeah. you like to just get in conversation. for around. 10 minutes i was watching that damn game i like to bop around yeah that's fair i don't like to get stuck talking to one person next to me the entire game move around from would you people. would you do that at a falcons game as well I would be paying a little more attention at a Falcon, right? It's a different sport, though. it's kind of an unfair question. Yeah, <laughs> to get to the actual game, you have goals from Joseph Martinez, Jose Almiron, um, another player that escapes my memory right now. But it was like that was the offensive onslaught that you're looking for. It tons of shots on goal, guys making a lot of plays, making beautiful passes. That first goal and that cross to Mar- Martinez was just like I mean, it was
1: that, like, that, that was, was, was like community. fucking artwork.
0: Yeah, I mean that was that was fantastic. Um, like I said. The defense was a lot better. I heard they shifted Lorenowitz around and benched a couple of guys that weren't playing well and, and really changed that midfield to fortify the defense because it played against D C United's strength, uh pushing the ball up the field and it certainly worked. I mean the goal our our goalkeeper didn't really have to do that much during that game. He gave up one goal near the end, I think in like the eighty fourth, eighty fifth minute, but it was too little to make though. Yeah. Yep. It was it was three to nothing. Yep. So I mean, seeing this compared to Houston, the Houston game. It was like night and day difference and this is the team I think people were expecting to be there um, at the start of the season. Can't believe you're such a hater Graham. I'm not a hater. I'm just saying my expectations were set. but I, f- I feel like for that whole experience, you like so you're just zoning in on what your expectations were and the negative aspect versus all the great parts of that. I'm just saying that... Did you think in Atlanta, when, when you first heard Atlanta's getting an MLS team, did you think there would ever be 74,000 no, people going into but to I still that. don't think there were 72,000 people in that stadium. I think that's a bullshit fabricated stat. So what do you Because do you I saw all the empty seats. And many people were walking around, but I'm just saying I'm going off what I saw in the seats. I do not think there were that many people there. This is you and your eyeball test again. There's people that keep actual statistics and then there's Graham that just... There's also paid attendance where it's different from people actually coming inside the building. I understand that. Okay, I don't know what the hell you know. <laughs> <laughs> that. But I, I think... had a lovely time. <laughs> but what's going to get people more interested out of me talking about oh, I had a great time at the game or hey, I'm going to call what's probably the most popular thing in the city right now. And I'm not doing it just to be a shock. It's, 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 I'm not doing it just to be a shock. That's what, that's shock. What it, it seems it like, feels like It feels call It feels like it, but I feel like I need to voice my opinion on this, and it's a legitimate opinion. I'm not doing it just to be an asshole. I'm doing it because that's just what I saw and that's what I felt. <laughs> now, if you want to say fuck you to me, you can, but I was there, and that's how I felt. Fair enough. And now that you said asshole, let's move on to our next segment. Please. Questions from the users. Ooh. <laughs> Our first question comes from Scott from Lawrenceville, uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia. We have gotten a lot of users in Lawrenceville recently, yeah. according to the Sound Pro stats. Okay. So this one's from Scott. No. Uh, he's, he's been listening to us for about three months now. No. And uh, this one's for you, Graham. Okay. Scott wants to know, Graham, I appreciate the insight and passion that you bring to every single podcast I can tell that you are a true fan, but I have to ask you this question. Why are you such a hater? Well, Scott, I think your interpretation of hate is misguided. I speak to what I feel about the current situation of what I'm talking about. And if that comes off as hate, then I'm sorry. I do hate on some things. I do hate on um, Steve Sarkeesian. (laughs) I do hate a little bit on Dan Quinn. I do hate on Brian Snitker. But I feel like it's valid. I'm not just going out. Like when people say H- you're hating, I feel like it's it's more about I'm just being an asshole to be an asshole. Yeah. I don't feel like I do that. I feel like I try to back up what I'm saying. May I do a poor job. With, with your Scott, eyeball tests. With my eyeball tests. <laughs> and just what I feel, man. And it's not like Keep I'm in just. Kevin Bryan wears glasses as well. Right. I can't. If you take these off, which I'm doing now, I can't see a guy. Shitty eyeball test. That's yeah, so awful. But. Um, I, I'm not doing it just to do it. I'm doing it because I think it's warranted when I actually do have criticism of, of people. So if that constitutes hate, fine. But that's just how it is. That's a fair answer, Graham. No. All right, our, our next question comes from user Lindsay in uh, Swanee, Georgia. Hey, guys. I've been listening to you guys for about six months, and uh, I just love what you guys really bring to the table. It's, uh, I can tell that you guys have a different take, a genuine take on Atlanta sports, and I just love hearing that. And the fact that you guys stick to Atlanta sports and don't talk national sports is even better. So I just want to know, what are you, Graham, and you, Adam's individual favorite Atlanta sports moments over your lifetime? I'll hang up and listen. (laughs) That's a good question, Lindsey. Yeah, I'd say so. Um... All right, Lindsay. Well, um, for me, I feel like mine's going to be different than, definitely than Graham's, probably than most people's as well. I just think of the happiest moment I've had watching Atlanta sports, and it's got to be when I was in school at Clemson, and I was watching the 2010 mm, wild card game. Wild card yes. game. Or not the wild the Division Series. Division Series, yeah, against the Giants. And it was just so cool because I was watching it, winging it. It's a bar in downtown Clemson, and just Braves fans were coming out of nowhere, and it was just passionate, like high five and left and right, dudes I don't know. And I hadn't, I'd never really gotten that Atlanta passion in Clemson before. And when Rick Ankeel hit that absolute bomb Beautiful. into the game, like Rick Keel of all people, yeah, like, into the bay, yeah. And didn't we win that game one nothing? I think it was like. No, it was like 5 to 4. It was actually a relatively oh, high scoring. Was game. that an extra innings walk? Yeah. No, yes, yeah, so it had an extra innings like the 12th or 13th inning yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. it was one of those games where you just know we're going to lose at any minute. Yeah. But our pitchers just like kept getting out of the jams mm-hmm. and then Ricky and Kiel walks up and just hits that bomb. Mm. Like that's happiness right there. Yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah. Um I think and you know, I can pick a lot uh I'll do a recent memory of when – of the NFC Championship game when – against the Packers when Matt Ryan ran in for that touchdown and it sort of just put us over the top. I can't remember what the score was at that point, but it was just at that point you're like, there's no fucking way we lose this game. And he got in there untouched and he just – looked up for a minute and just spiked the ball with everything he had. I was just like, man, all these people have been following Matt Ryan who love him, who have supported him, and this is, you know, who have been with him since the beginning, who love this guy. This is our moment with him to say fuck you to all the haters. Like, we're putting Aaron sure. Rodgers in his place. We're going to the Super Bowl. That was one of the happiest moments of, of last year for me. Like, I almost cried when I saw that. I was just like, that is just so fucking beautiful that – he's staking his claim as a premier quarterback and he's leading us to, you know, an NFC championship. Fantastic. Great moment. And it looks like we have one more question from users. Thank you for that question, by the way, Lindsay, great question. Um, this comes from longtime user. Can you guess who, uh, Hugo, Hugo, <laughs> yes. Hugo wants, so Hugo's going way back. Um, mm-hmm. One of our earlier episodes where we interviewed Alexa. Yes. And <laughs> Hugo wants an Alexa asks Alexa segment and wonders whether or not we can make that happen. Alexa resects Alexa Kravitz. No. Alexa acts, asks Alexa, Alexa. Amazon Alexa. Amazon Alexa. A question. I think we can make that happen. <laughs> we'll have to... Uh, Talk to the human Alexa when she gets back in town in a couple of weeks or a few weeks. So his questions, he's like, so he says he just thinks the concept of Alexa talking to Alexa is amusing. Impossible questions are how that. So this would be Alexa asking Alexa these questions. Which one though? The human Alexa asking the computer Alexa. Yeah, I don't think computer Alexa is capable of asking questions yet. Anyway, probably it'll be they're, the next version take yeah. over. In right, a few. but. Um, so how many games will the Braves win this year? Mm. Will Freddie Freeman get traded this year? Ooh. On average, how many times does Graham curse during each podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Graham Waldrup curses at least 14 times per podcast. <laughs> Ooh, she could probably look that up. Probably could. That would be a true test. Oh, that would be creepy. That's a good one. Wow. Were there any other questions you go had for the A-on-A action? No, that was it. Okay. He was just getting the ball rolling. I think we can make that happen. Maybe we can do that as part of the, uh, part of the tailgate. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be more of a live stream. Videotape it. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Are we really doing a podcast during that? No, oh, yeah. Okay. We'll do it in the early part of the part of the day, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> um, maybe we won't. Who knows? But, but yeah, no, I Hugo, think... Hugo, we're interested in that. I am very interested in that. And, uh, apologies to Hugo, because I know he requested, uh... You know, the fact that he puts so much time on the show is, you know, it's really rewarding. It makes you feel like you're actually, uh, you know, doing something meaningful. You're touching someone's life, you know, when he asks us as many questions as he does. He said, I would love to hear an ad professing Adam's love for Quick Trip, which Mm. we tried to do in the previous episode. Yeah. But it was so awful that it was removed. Yeah. I wasn't prepared. And then it just ended up... It turned into a discussion of us bitching about Quick Trip. Me bitching about Quick Trip, Adam loving Quick Trip. It just wasn't... Yeah. Didn't work. So, Hugo, we tried. (laughs) (laughs) But we appreciate your um, long-time usership. Yes, and your candor. You're, You're as much of a show as me, Graham, and intern Jared. Yeah, even though he has been fired. True. I suppose. And soccer correspondent, Arthur Roach. Indeed. Um... So there are no Veronica sports puns this week. She is out of town. So apologies to all those users out there who, who love Veronica sports puns. She will be back next week, though. She offered to send one. This wouldn't be the same. Exactly. Yeah, she yeah. Gotta, It's got to be an in-person thing. Yeah. Um, Me doing a pun would just be... Awful. Terrible. Yeah, no, we don't want to do and it that. It would just be a sentence because I don't know what a pun is. Right. I, I think where, we we remember the punchline I think is. that's one of those things, too. It's like how the NFL has an issue with knowing what a catch is. I don't think <laughs> we know what a pun is. I think we really need to examine that because it can't be as convoluted as a catch. I don't think you have to make a football move when understanding what a pun is or that constitutes a pun. I just blank out every time we talk puns. It's so, so hard. I don't get it. It. I just put a bunch of pressure on myself, you know, and then I just, I just can't think. Ooh, when we're down at Georgia State tailgating, mm-hmm. we should uh, ask them if they have any Classes that we could just like pay pay for like one class, right? Or just audit one. Just say like, look, you're Georgia State. Can we just audit a, yeah. audit a class? Yeah. That'd be fair. My dad was part of the first damn law school yeah. class. Yeah, hell, give me a give me a fucking break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Proper cheers. indeed. Um, I think that wraps up this episode of Atlanta Zone. If you want to be a part of the next segment of uh, questions from users, submit your questions today at ATL's Sports. Podcast on Twitter or Atlanta Zones Sports on Facebook. We can pretty much promise it'll be read on air. Yeah, we only get a few of them. <laughs> and it was very fair that we got some this week, which allowed us to do it. Uh, it was a big week. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, rise up, stay in brotherhood, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality Soup. Hospitality